0: What's going on, family? This is Pastor Sergio Chavez, and I just want to thank you for tuning into the Hope Center podcast. Relationships are a difficult thing. And so I want to be able to speak into relationships today because they go through Uh, Different seasons and different phases in a relationship, but here's what you got to understand about relationships God created us to be communal beings that in other words God created us for Relationships and I want you to take note today. I want you to take notes today I want you to take your notepads. out. I want you to take your phones out I want you to take this with you because here's the thing. How many of you want healthy successful relationships? show of hands? How many of you want it? All right. For those that that didn't lift your hand, uh, we're going to continue praying for you. But for those who want it, I want you to really grasp the word and the message that we have for you. The thing is, you got to understand that God designed us for relationships, because here's the wonderful thing. We serve a relational God. I don't know if you knew this, but we serve a relational God. In other words, God did not create us to worship some being in heaven. Uh, I don't know if you have that image of God. He's just an old figure in heaven who just gives us rules and regulations, and he tells us what to do, when to do it, how to do it, and he has absolutely no relationship with us. See, a lot of people have that concept of God, but here at Hope Center, we believe that we have serve a relational God, and we, and we were able to see the example of a relational God through the example of Jesus. God formed in the flesh, and he had relationships relationships with people he had dialogue with people that I don't know if you know that God that not only can we speak to God but he can speak to us I don't know if you knew that we serve a relational God that we can worship him and he can empower us he can strengthen us he can guide us we serve a relational God that is not only concerned about what you do on Sunday that's right See, religious folks believe in a religious God that it's all about what I do on a Sunday, but a relational God is concerned about your life Monday through Saturday and on Sunday. So how you're living Monday through Saturday, when you're at work, God is there with you. When you're having conversations with your family, with your wife, your spouse, with your kids, God is there with you because we serve a relational God. So it's very important to understand that we serve a relational God, and because he is a relational God, he's created us to also have relationships with one another. Whenever you live life in isolation, whenever you disconnect yourself from community, from people, you're vulnerable. You become vulnerable to unhealthy uh, attacks from the enemy. See the thing about isolation is when you say, I want to do it my way, I just want to be alone, we all have our moments when when we need isolation, yes or no? Yeah, right? We need our moments to ourselves. We need moments to kind of decompress. But there is a uh, a difference between having alone time and just having a moment to decompress and then having yourself completely isolated and disconnected. See God wanted us to build bridges with people to connect and not build walls around people. You ever watch the National Geographic? Yes or no? You ever seen those predators when they're just in the bushes looking for their prey to attack them? And, and 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 the and the creature they're always looking for the most is the one that's what Vulnerable. alone because if 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 they realize that they're in community They realize that they can attack, but they may not take him down because they have other beings and other creatures around them that's going to hold them and and lift them up and pull them from a dangerous situation. So when you isolate yourself, you become vulnerable to unhealthy attacks from the enemy. You become vulnerable to depression. You become vulnerable to anxiety. You become vulnerable of now building walls and defenses around yourself that is not going to allow the blessings of God to come into your life. That's not going to allow for you to have healthy relationships because you're tearing down the bridges that God intended you to create so we serve a relational being and in all throughout the New Testament and in the scripture we constantly see the theme that we're supposed to be there for one another we see the themes whether it's in Mark uh, chapter 9 where the scripture says be at peace with one another Whether it's Romans chapter 12 verse 16 it says be of the same mind with one another We see a constant themes of one another being there for one another loving one another accepting one another Romans fifteen 7. Uh, Don't boastfully challenge or envy one another Galatians 5 26. the Bible says Ephesians 4 2 gently patiently tolerate one another So we see a constant theme about being there for one another having relationships one another but when we don't understand the importance of relationship when we don't embrace the power of relationships then we have a lack of understanding and we result in having broken and fragmented relationships
1: that's right and one of the things that sergio and i have noticed over the years whether you know we've done counseling and ministry, we've just sat down with individuals or couples, whatever the case may be, we find that a lot of the issues that people struggle with always stem from a relationship. Something that somebody did to them, a situation that they were put in, that people were involved in, but at some point, one point in their life, there was something that was rooted in a relationship, sure. and so whether that was coming from a, a, a dysfunctional family, whether it was having the absence or, 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 or not having a present mother or present father um, in their home, right. or whether it's been uh, being you know, coming from uh, divorced pa- divorced parents, or maybe you've come from broken a broken relationship, somebody hurt you real badly, um, or fractured relationships, whatever the case might be. But at the end of the day, a lot of the issues that humans today deal with are the result of broken and fractured relationships. And that's why a lot of times we find that when people are, are suffering from the aftermath of these broken relationships, you're seeing these people going through depression, anxiety, unforgiveness. There's a lack of trust. They feel like they're not worthy. There's low self-esteem. And all of these issues that today Mm. is a multi-billion dollar industry in the medical field, where people are trying to medicate themselves Mm. from issues that are taking place, a lot of times they are rooted in a relationship and so this is why it's so important, and I cannot emphasize this anymore, it is so important that we establish godly relationships That's right. for ourselves. And so that means when we're talking about godly relationships, it's relationships that are benefiting us spiritually, emotionally, and even physically. And you might be asking yourself, well, what's the difference between a regular relationship and a godly relationship? Well, I'm glad you asked. Mm. A godly relationship is a relationship that is centered on God. That means that the foundation of the relationship, whether it's a friendship or it's a romantic relationship or it's a marriage, both parties that are involved in that relationship are following scriptural or biblical principles. So some of the things that Sergio mentioned, it is a relationship that is founded on loving one another, accepting one another, tolerating one another, forgiving one another, bearing one another, covering one another, protecting one another. So that's not something that just has to happen in a marriage. We sometimes feel like, oh wait, no, this is, whether you're single, friends, whatever the case may be, our desire as believers should be to seek godly relationships for mm. our lives. So my question for you all today is: I want to see a show of hands. How many of you all desire godly relationships? Mm. Come on, let me see hands. You desire godly relationships, amen. So I think that was most of the room. Like Sergio said, anybody who didn't raise your hand, we're pray, pray for you. you. We're gonna pray for you. So today we want to actually focus on three non-negotiables. Take your notes. We wanna focus on three non-negotiables of godly relationships. Now there's, there's a lot of non-negotiables that we could go through, but we have found that these tend to be the top three. So we're gonna to go to our first point.
0: Yeah, I wanna preface these points by saying, uh, obviously, everything that we're going to be sharing is from a biblical worldview and a biblical perspective. So if you're not a believer in this place, I'm so glad that you're here. This is something that I encourage you towards. If you are a believer, this is based on scripture, the things that we're going to share. So my prayer is that you fully embrace these things because a lot of these things are challenging for us because we, uh, we live in a time where... where Uh, we kind of live our lives based on secular mindset and the way the world does things if if the world is doing it this way then it must be fine Um, if I feel like doing it this way then it's okay because um, we live in a generation that lives based on their feelings but the difference between having a feeling based relationship again it's it's opposing to a a, a godly relationship so I want to preface by saying that Uh, the first point that I want to share today is if you're single here's the thing singles I want you to listen to me even if you're a relationship here's the thing he or she this is a non negotiable this is something that you should not break if you are a believer you should not break this that he or she must be a practicing believer, that's the first point. When you're looking for somebody, who, who can I enter a godly relationship with? Or what should I look for? What, what type of relationship should I have uh, with, with my partner in marriage? It should be with a practicing believer. That means that God is the center of their life. Now I want to emphasize practicing believer. There's a big difference between being a practicing believer and someone who just comes to church on a Sunday.
1: That's right.
0: Can I get an amen? Are y'all with me today? All right. Uh, I'm not talking about somebody who simply checks a religious box um, from time to time, comes to church on Easter, Christmas, Mother's Day, and maybe one or two other holidays. I'm talking about a practicing believer, a person that not only professes to be a believer but actually lives like a believer. That's right. Do you know that's actually a thing? Yes. That you can profess something and actually be something. And so, my encouragement to the singles, what should I be looking for in my future spouse? They must be, they got to be a practicing believer. Look at what the scripture says. Let's look up the scripture here in 2 Corinthians 6.14. The scripture says, do not be, do we got that there? It says, do not be yoked together with unbelievers, for what do uh, righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? So let's kind of break that down. Here the Apostle Paul is speaking to relationships, but not only to relationships, he's speaking a little little broader, and I'm going to break that down. He says, do not be yoked. In other words, do not be bound. Do not get involved. Here's a word of counsel. If you are a practicing believer, you're going to have a hard time if you're looking to get in a relationship with somebody who's not a believer. Because when you're going through difficult situations, you're going to want to pray. And if someone doesn't share that value with you, they're going to look at you crazy when you say, can we pray? You've got to have foundation, something that binds you together. And here's the thing. The the definition of a yoke, a yoke was a wooden beam that would normally be used between oxen or other animals to enable, to enable them to pull together on a load when working in pairs. So what what a yoke was was something that binded two animals together and they would wind around a mill and they would work together. So if an oxen was unequally yoked, in other words one was in a different stage in life one was older, one was, uh, uh, one was younger, one was bigger, one was smaller they were unequally yoked then it was difficult for them to work the mill. That's why the scripture is using that example that when you're with somebody and spiritually at a certain place and someone is totally opposite from you, the scripture is encouraging you to look for someone that's at that same place, if not further in their spiritual walk, so they can pull you along. But if someone is totally opposed to your views, you're going to have a difficult time in your relationship.
1: That's right. And one of the ways that we, even going along this line, one of the ways that we even know that somebody is aligned or is a practicing believer is that they know who they are in Christ. That's right. So I remember when I when I met Sergio, there was no doubt in my mind (laughs) that he knew who he was in Christ. I mean he wasn't gonna settle for anything less. It, a, a person who knows who they are in Christ, they know that they've been called. They know that God has set them apart. They know that there's destiny on the inside of them. They have vision for their life. There's a plan for their future. They're ambitious about everything that God has planned and designed them for. It's not somebody who's just like, well, you know, here I am, Lord. Have your way in me if, if you even have one. It, there's no ambition there's there's a lack of vision a practicing believer knows who they are it is impossible to be a studier of god's word and not hear from god it is impossible to be praying and not be hearing from god so a practicing believer is demonstrating all of those core values and so if they know who they are in christ then they also know who you are in Christ. The same level of value that they assign to themselves, they are also assigning to you. If I know that I have been called, set apart, sanctified, that I am something to God, that I am a valuable asset to the kingdom, and that I am a weapon of destruction to the kingdom of darkness, then I know that the person who I am going to be with or that I am seeking after is that and more. Oh, that's right. I treat them as that. I understand who I am. And because the word of God applies to me, I also know that the word of God applies to them. So I wouldn't treat somebody in any way that I would not want to be treated. Are, are you guys following me? You understanding this? Mm. So one of the biggest things that I think... I have seen over and over and time and time again, and I think Sergio would agree with me he, with me on this, is this idea of this superhero complex. We somehow think, well, you know, maybe they're not there, they might not be there yet, but but i can change them mm. maybe i can be the one to change them maybe i can be the one to push them maybe i can be the one to make make him a better man or make him a better woman or maybe if i just commit a little bit more maybe maybe if you know if i give him a little bit more of who i am he might commit a little bit more. Maybe if maybe if we have children together, all of a sudden he'll step up. Mm-hmm. Maybe if we decide to purchase a home together, I might get a ring on my finger. Are you listening? Yes, I'm going there. I'm getting into your business. Because we think that if we commit more to people, We will somehow have the power to change them. Mm. And I want to give you a reality check today. The only person that has the power to transform a human life from the inside out is the Holy Spirit. There is nobody else that can convince a man of his sin and of his ways than the Holy Spirit. Now, that is not to say that you are not a motivator. God can use you to be a motivator, to provoke change, to influence change in somebody. But I don't want anybody to change because of me. Mm. Can you imagine if Sergio said, I want to become a better man because of my wife? The moment he doesn't like me, he can change right back. Mm. I don't want that. I need you to change because you have foundational values and principles. And at the end of the day, whether I'm here or not, Mm. your accountability is God. And he's the one that you answer to. So when we look for somebody... They have to be somebody who is a practicing believer. And a practicing believer, first and foremost, puts God as the center of their life. God is priority. And when God is priority, let me tell you, you can trust and believe that that person is not going to be doing things outside of the things that are God's will. That's not to say that we are perfect. We fall time and time again. I do not have a perfect marriage, but I strive to be perfect every single day. I strive to be a better human being, first and foremost for God because when I'm doing that I know that I'm being a better wife to my husband I know that I'm being a better mother to my child
0: so you're saying I can't save I can't save her
1: no you can't save I can't her you save can't save her. our baby girl so you can't save nobody one. don't
0: save her she don't want to be okay yeah I don't know nothing about that <laughs> listen very important if you are single this is something that you gotta fully embrace You, your prayer should be I want a man of God yes ladies the first thing she shouldn't say, I want somebody with money.
1: <laughs> that can be second, though.
0: That could be on the list. But here's the thing. What happens when he loses or she loses money?
1: That's right.
0: See, anything, anything that the world gives you, the world can take away. That's right. But when you have a man of faith... Whether he has it all or has nothing, that man will always pursue God and rebuild from there. If you have a woman of God, man of God, I want to tell you when you have a woman of God, you will have somebody that's going to stand by you through the good, the bad, the ugly because their foundation is rooted in something that's unshakable and that's foundation in Jesus. Not in what the world is doing, not in what the world is saying, not what's happening in culture, but their foundation is in Christ. So your prayer should be, I want a man of God. God. That's right. Do I have any men of God in the house? There's some people praying for you man of God that's single in this place So practice your faith get connected get plugged in Demonstrate that you are a practicing believer demonstrate by your fruit that you're a person of character So when you come here worship God So that young lady can see you and fake cry during worship so that that young lady that steps and look at you And they're like that's a man of God right there you, you poke yourself in the eye So you can act like you're crying before the presence of God Come on, man, gotta get something out. You gotta demonstrate that you're a man of God. Now, let me tell you, listen, I- I'm more than sure that, that when we first met, had I not been in the place spiritually where I was, I wouldn't be with her. She, would've, she, would've, she wouldn't even look at me. She wouldn't have looked at me. She wouldn't have entertained a conversation with me. And I was in the same place because I knew who I was in Christ at the time. That if she wasn't at the place where she was spiritually, I would have passed right by. I said, I would have been asking, Where's the woman of God? But when I saw her I said Lord have mercy
1: in all my glory
0: I said that's the woman of God I hadn't so I want to save love. you a lot of time a lot of energy a lot of money single people seek a man of God seek a woman of God a person that is practicing of their faith let's move on because y'all Amen. look like y'all want to beat us up number already. Two, that's all right I'm gonna two. come at you that's all right <laughs> let me two. give you point number two go ahead baby. yes
1: so point number two we're gonna get this on the screen now Number two, the second non-negotiable, is the person he or she should have integrity and seeks mentorship and counsel. So I wanna break down what integrity is. Integrity is the basic element of Christian character. A person of integrity is someone who does what is right in public, Mm. and guess what? in private whether they feel like doing it or they don't a person of integrity is somebody whose character is led by biblical values and those biblical values guide the way in which they relate to god and also to other people that's right so integrity in simple in simple layman terms is just you're doing what's right you're doing what's honoring whether you feel like doing it or you don't, whether it seems like it's the right time to do it or it's not. That's right. So one of the biggest things about integrity here, and this is why it's such a key point, when somebody is, is a person of integrity, it's easier to trust them. That's right. If, if I know that, for example, with, with Sergio, I believe that he is a man of integrity. So I don't, I don't worry when he steps out of the house Oh my God, I got to text him in five minutes because I don't know where he's at. Who's he with? What might he be doing? 1 a.m. when he's asleep, I got to be checking his phone to see who he's been, who he's been texting. Hmm. That, that's exhausting that's right. in a relationship. There's no trust there. And so when somebody is practicing integrity, they are a person of integrity, it is easier to trust them because they have demonstrated over time through whether it's been situations or lack thereof, preventing themselves from being in situations that they can be trusted. So here's one of the things we say, well, how do I even know that somebody is a person of integrity? Because I mean, I'm just, all I really see is their public life. I'm not really seeing their private life. Well, In their public life, the question is, are they putting themselves in tempting situations? Do they think that they are superheroes, superman, superwoman, that because now they've come to Christ, they've overcome all of these issues that they might have had in the past. They, they now think that they are vulnerable to absolutely nothing, weak to absolutely nothing. Oh, I can, you know, I can put myself in this environment because now I'm a child of God. God's going to protect me. The Holy Spirit is going to have my back. So it, it doesn't matter. No, a person of integrity understands their strengths but also acknowledges their weaknesses, acknowledges that their flesh, while their soul, might be saved. Let me tell you something my mom always told me. Your flesh is never saved. (laughs) And so when you put yourself in tempting situations, you're asking for it. Oh, I don't know how it happened. Yeah, you did. You had a choice. You made a decision. You put yourself in the situation. So we find out whether people are practicing integrity, whether they are people of integrity or not, by the way that they limit tempting situations. And then the other side of it is, well, Pastor Fran or Pastor Sergio, well, what happens if if I didn't ask for the tempting situation? It just, it approached me, like she just came up to me and she just, you know, and I'm sitting there trying to listen to the message, but she giving me these looks and I'm... Mm. Well, then it's how do you respond right when you're put in a difficult situation are you a person who's just reacting giving back to the flesh or are you responding the way that God would want you to respond whether they are watching you or not are you practicing integrity have you ever you you ever have one of those friends and it might be you who knows when you go to the store and then you know maybe you 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 have like 10 items that you're buying on for some sale whatever And you know the cashiers are going so fast because it's all the lines and, and and they might miss a shirt or two so you you walk out and you're like, oh my gosh, they never rung up these two shirts. And like, I bought ten shirts, but I only paid for eight. Yo, God was good. He was good. <laughs> I got two shirts for free. No, that was an opportunity that God was using <laughs> to test your integrity. And now you want to twist it and say, Oh, God gave me two free shirts. You ever you ever met people like that? Oh, I went Somebody to Somebody got to repent I, for that I, today. I went to the, like,
0: Lord <laughs> have I just did that yesterday. <laughs> I
1: went to the supermarket and and, and I bought two things of milk and they only charged me for one. God was good. No, no, no. A person who practices practices integrity, even in private, when you know it probably wasn't even your fault, that person goes right back to the cashier and says, you know what? I'm sorry, ma'am. I saw in here that you only charged me for one gallon of milk, but I walked out with two. Now, if the person gives you the gallon of milk for free and says, you know what? That was my bad. Just walk out with it. Then you can say, God came through. He rewarded my integrity. But don't walk out and say, oh, God bless me with two free gallons of milk. And no, 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 no. That's not integrity. So we, we have opportunities in which we can practice integrity, and we don't want to fail at them. So I want to read one of the scriptures up here that it says, oh, I think we lost our, did we lose our screen? Okay. All right.
0: So, can we cut that off, please? The screen completely off.
1: <clears throat> do you guys know how to do the thing to get back in? I can run down during Sergio's point. Thank you. Um, but we have here Proverbs eleven three. It says, the integrity of the upright guides them, but the unfaithful are destroyed by their deceitfulness. So make sure that the person that you are seeking for, or if you're a single, you are somebody that is practicing integrity. One last point
0: about this point. Uh, one last aspect of a person that has integrity and seeks mentorship and counsel you got to make sure that you are a person or you're with someone that has accountability around them accountability is so vital and a lot of times let me tell you what the scripture says proverbs 16:18 says pride comes before destruction and an arrogant spirit before the fall i've seen time after time when people feel like they have all the answers when they feel like they know what to do, when to do it, no accountability, uh, no mentorship in their lives. I've seen those relationships fall, I've seen those relationships disintegrate, I've seen uh, people's just emotional and spiritual life go to shambles when there's a lack of accountability and a lack of mentorship. If I could give you a word of counsel, have a support system around you and your relationship have accountability before you make major decisions in life make sure that you have somebody that you can check in on Uh, we we make so many stupid mistakes because we just do it on impulse what this is what i want to do in the moment you end up regretting those things had you checked in with somebody you probably wouldn't have made that move are y'all still with me had you checked in with somebody maybe you wouldn't have made that purchase you still with me If you checked in with somebody, maybe you wouldn't have gone there in the relationship had you just had the accountability. Somebody that you can go to and say, hey, this is what I'm going through right now. And I want to speak to both men and women because at times we can be prideful and pride is the killer of our lives. That's right. Pride. I have the answers. I know how to do it. If you're not connected with, a, with, with one of the groups here, I encourage you to get connected because that's where you get mentorship. That's where you get accountability. That's a plug for men and women's group. We're getting ready to launch our marriage ministry for couples in this place. Even if your relationship is going well, it's always great to still have support system because you can always prevent situations. Right. You don't need to. So many people wait until, until everything is already uh, 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 hit rock bottom before they seek help. Be somebody that's proactive and not just reactive. Right. Because whenever you just have a reactive mindset, you're going to be constantly putting out fires. You're going to constantly hitting up, uh, call people and going to hit up people when things are already at ground zero. You want to prevent things. You want to seek mentorship. You want to have people in your life. Pray for that. Get connected with groups. Get connected to, to our leaders in this place so that you can have people. You can run things that you're going through. Run it by them. Seek mentorship and accountability. Let me give you this last third point and then we'll close. The last and third point is make sure that the person, make sure that you are honoring of your husband or wife. Make sure whether you're single, you're a person that honors yourself. Make sure that he or she, whoever that he or she is, is honoring of you and your emotional well-being. Honor is to hold someone in high esteem in high regard. When you honor someone, here's the thing, when you honor someone, you don't expose them. Mm -hmm. When you honor someone, you don't put someone down. When you honor someone, you uplift them, you speak to them based on who they're called to be. That's right. And so many times we struggle struggle in relationships because we look at what what my partner what my spouse is lacking but you're not speaking into what God is already doing in their life. That's right. Are you still with me? Shake your head if you're still with me. A lot of times we speak to people About our spouses, about our wives, or uh, 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 about the things that they're lacking, And, and we go complaining to them, ah, this is what they're doing wrong, and look at what they're missing, and this person is not doing this for me. But when you honor someone, whenever you walk into a room, you honor, you uplift that person. That's right. Whenever I step into a room, you will never hear me say a foul word about my wife. Why? Because I honor my wife. Whenever I come to church, I'm going to honor my wife. Whether I'm at work or whether I'm traveling, I'm honoring my wife. I'm speaking highly of her. I'm uplifting her. And I'm speaking to the queen and the woman of God that she is. Are you still with me? Thank you, babe. So, so, so you, you got to speak, women, you got to speak into the man of God that he is. Not complaining about what they're missing, not exposing them. You know, I get tired of when people just expose their husbands or wives, everything they're doing wrong. You've got to be a person that uplifts them. You've got to be a person that honors them for who they're called to be. Honoring is seeing a person for who God sees them as. You've got to be honoring of their emotional well being. You've got to uplift them. You've got to be a person that is honoring of who they are entirely, emotionally, spiritually, and mentally.
1: Amen. And for my singles in the room, when we talk about honor, this is also an opportunity where you honor yourself. You see worth in yourself. You see value in yourself so you don't settle for less. You don't settle for less than what you know that you deserve. Let me tell you, when you are somebody who is a practicing believer, and this is something that I can, I can testify to because I have experienced it, and I have friendships who are also practicing believers, and they have experienced it. And let me tell you, when you put God first in your life, And you pray and you're asking God to bring the person that is suitable for you a partner a companion God's anointing over your life should be such that anything that is not of him or that does not align with what he has for you is repelled automatically when and that anything that is of him is attracted to you that's right I remember there were Countless opportunities, and my mom tells me now, she, she wouldn't tell me then, after my, my really difficult breakup, before I met Sergio, I remember my mom telling me, there were probably five or six guys that came up to me during that year after your breakup that wanted to approach you, and I was like, Well, dang, I was real lonely. I don't know why anybody didn't approach me. It's not like I'm here biting anybody or, I mean, I feel like I'm a pretty nice person. And she said, well, they felt like they weren't good enough. When you honor yourself, when people see the value in you and they don't feel that they are up to par with what they can offer you because of what you're bringing to the table, they don't even dare approach you. And so, if you're the type of person who you feel like, I'm always attracting the ones who are, I, I, don't, the ones that, I don't know why I'm always attracting the people that just, they're not suitable for me. They're not the people that I want. Well, start asking yourself, how are you putting yourself out there? When people look at you, what is it that they see? What is attracting them to you that makes them think, that they can try. Come on. And that's not to say that that there won't be some people that you know get in the mix that that will try when they you know when they know that they probably shouldn't. But the majority of the time the the people who feel like I'm not even going to try because I'm not good enough for her or because I'm not good enough for him. God's anointing over your life, his covering over you because you are a practicing believer, what people see, what you emulate, what you are manifesting should be so strong that it does repel anything that is not aligning to God and it attracts everything that is. And during that time, that year period, the only guy, the only one who had the tenacity Mm. and the courage to come up to me in all his madness and godly glory, (laughs) was Sergio. Mm. And when he approached me, it wasn't like, oh, (laughs) hi, I'm Sergio. I'm the one who's like, hi, I'm I'm Francesca. It's nice to meet you. He comes in with a hug. I mean, this, this guy knew who he was. He knew he was bringing value to the table. And if I didn't want that, then it was my loss. It wasn't gonna be his. So, when you honor yourself, you give yourself value. That's right. It's like anything that you wear. When you're gonna go paint, you're gonna go jogging, whatever the case may be, you might throw on anything. Because if anything happens to that shirt, if it gets dirty, you can easily throw it away. Mm-hmm. And there are some people that give themselves that type of a t- price tag. I'm worth $5. But then you've got the people who they'll if they're they're going to a really nice occasion, they're going to spend the money on something nice. Mm. And anytime it needs to be taken care of or cleaned, they're not putting it in their washer and their dryer. They're paying for that item to be dry cleaned. They're giving it special value and attention because of what it costs them to get it. You, You see what I'm saying? So when you give yourself value, the people that come into your life will also value you. So value yourself, but also honor your friends. Don't be the type of person that puts your own friends down. Yeah. That when people come asking about your friends and that you're the person that's putting yourself, them down. No, at the end of the day, you should be a covering that's right. for your friendships. And I have found that the greatest people, the people to me that are the best accountability partners are the people that defend me in public, even when I'm in the wrong. They will defend me in public and they will come back and correct me in private. That's right. They're not gonna do it in front of other people to put me down. They're going to do it in a private setting mm. because that's honoring to me. On top of that, and this is for this is for all of our leaders. Honor your leaders. Whether it's leaders in your workplace, leaders in at Hope Center, the people that we've placed in leadership. Honor your leaders. The word of God tells us in Romans 12:10, be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. And a lot of times, even amongst our own community, and when I talk about community, I'm not talking, just referring about the people in this room, I'm referring to the church community. We are lacking honor. That's right. And we are not honoring one another. So let's honor the relationships that we're in, let's honor ourselves, but let's also honor the friendships and the people that we have around us.
0: I'm gonna ask the band to come up. Um, honor God through your commitment. And whatever, in whatever season you're in in life, if you are single, honor God with being faithful in that season of your life. Don't compromise in your singleness, giving yourself to anybody, entertaining any conversation, just, just devaluing who you're called to be. Right. Honor God in your singleness. If you're in a relationship, honor God through that commitment. So that you can have a successful marriage in the future. Make sure that that commitment you made to court someone, that you're faithful in that season. If you're married, be faithful and honor God through your commitment. In every season and in every phase of your life, make sure to honor God. The thing about honor, let me tell you something interesting about honor. Scripture says that Jesus went into a town he had been performing miracles been healing people had been restoring many lives and he stepped into his own land where he was from and the scripture says that he wasn't he wasn't able to heal as much as he was in the other towns why because people did not honor him in other words they didn't view him the way other people viewed him when he went to the other towns, people recognized him. They said, this is the Messiah. This is Jesus. He's a healer. He's our savior. He's our redeemer. And so when they honored him, they pulled the best out of him. That's
1: right. Talk about
0: that. When you honor someone, you pull the best out of them. Mm-hmm. When you honor your spouse, you bring the best out of them. The Bible says in his own town, amongst his own people, they didn't honor him. Mm-hmm. And because they didn't honor him, he couldn't heal as many people mm-hmm. because they didn't view him the way others viewed him. So often we struggle in our spiritual walk because we, we enter a place where our spiritual walk is just common. We come to church and it's just a thing that I do. And so we don't experience the fullness of what God has for, go ahead, come on, come on, brother, don't be scared. Let's start playing now. I need some, I need some spiritual. There you go. I even lost my train of thought. That was so spiritual. (laughs) A lot of times we then find ourselves, our relationship with God is routine because we're not honoring our spiritual walk anymore. We find ourselves viewing our spouses in a relationship as just common. We don't value it anymore. There's no more passion. There's no more love. There's no more affection because it's just another thing. It's just another relationship, and so we don't honor it our spouses, we don't honor them. And let me tell you, for those that are saying none of this applies to me, the church, let me, let me bring it to that context within the church. We don't honor the church because we say, well it's just another church, this is just another passage, just another uh, uh, gathering, That and so you don't honor it and you don't get the fullness of what God has for you, but when you come into this place and you honor your commitment that you made, the day that you decided, you said, you know what, I'm going to give my life to you, Jesus, I'm going to give my life, I'm going to surrender, and I'm going to serve you, and you honor that commitment day after day, you experience the fullness of God in your life. We've been serving the Lord, I've been in ministry 13, 14 years or so, if I do the math, You don't think that I experienced moments where I just wanted to give up and and just throw the towel in and just say, you know what, I'm I'm just tired, I'm sick. You know, ministry and serving God and living for God is not easy. We've been talked about, there have been people that have come against us, there have been people that have spoken against us, there have been people that have criticized us and we're still here. Why? Because we said, you know what, in spite of what people say, in spite of how we feel, we're going to honor our commitment to God. Thank you for the two or three in the back. I, thank you so much. I want to raise up a church. I want to have a church of people that would say, no matter how I feel, I'm going to honor the commitment that I made to God. No matter how I feel, I'm going to honor my commitment to marriage. No matter how I feel, I'm going to honor my commitment to my husband, to my wife, to church, to ministry, to my friends, to my family. It's not about how I feel. It's not about what I want. It's about honoring God. I wish I had somebody in this place that would say, I'm going to honor God. Is there anybody that would say, I'm going to honor God through my commitment? I'm not going to waver. Because there are going to come moments where things are going to try to knock me down. But I'm going to honor God through the commitment I made. There are going to come moments when temptations and difficulties are going to come. I'm going to experience pain. I'm going to experience hardship. But I'm going to stand firm and honor God through it all. Because that's a decision that I've made. Commitment is not a feeling. Honoring God is not about feeling. It's about a decision that you made. Regardless of how I feel, God is worthy of my praise. Regardless of how I feel, God is worthy of worship. I wish I had somebody in this place that could get excited. Y'all looking at me real crazy. But I want to know if I have some believer that will say I am committed to serve God, to honor him, to be committed through it all. Thanks so much again for tuning in. I hope that you join us the next time. If you are in the DMV area, please make sure to come out on a Sunday at 1.30 p.m. You can find more information at myhopecenter.org. And you can also stay connected to us on social media. We are at My Hope Center on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. So you can search us up, connect with us. And uh, I hope to hear from you all and see you all very soon. So until then, peace, love, and God bless.